0: And welcome to She is Courageous. My name is Rachel Rupert, and I'm so excited to have you join me. I just want to start off by apologizing for being a little behind on my episodes. The month of January was really demanding for me and my work schedule, and I'm realizing that Rudy and I are still dealing with the transition of being full-time workers in addition to having a baby. It's been a great month, and even though it's been chaotic, I feel like my relationship with God is going strong, and I'm excited for what's ahead. I feel like my focus in the past few weeks has been more towards my podcast, but as I'm easing into February and a more normal routine, I'm already excited to be thinking through some upcoming items to add to my website. Make sure you're checking in on that. It's sheiscourageous.com. Okay, let's get started. Today I want to offer a perspective to you. I think sometimes it's important to know the filter we use when we're looking at our life every day. I feel like a lot of times I'll use the phrase when I'm doing podcasts um, in our culture, in our society, and even though it's common knowledge to most of us what our culture looks like, it's important you understand the bias you're living in. Your mind will gravitate towards a certain way and what we consider to be normal, and a lot of times it even becomes subconscious. My goal when I'm using phrases like this is just to bring more self-awareness, to myself included. Our culture is very fast-paced, so in this culture, it's easy to autopilot into a self-serving mindset. There's definitely more times in the day where I think about myself and my own needs more than I ever think of others. Well, that is until I became a parent. I'm realizing that a lot of my new revelations actually do relate to some of the instincts that kick in as a mom and as a parent. It's like discovering a new sense. Okay, okay, this has been a really long intro with not a lot of insight on the topic that I want to discuss. So, the title of this podcast is Take a Look Around. Take a look around. Look at the people around you. Unmask yourself from the constant, inward focus, and really look. I feel like one of the things that God's been putting on my heart lately and reminding me of almost every day is to pay attention to the people in my life who are hurting and who are broken. There are so many people out there that we encounter every single day, and I'm so guilty of this. Um, is not taking the time to ask people how they're doing or not taking the time to notice what their facial expressions or attitude or really any of their nonverbal cues are saying. Because if you really take a look, um, you can see they're going through more than what they're letting on. We're so used to saying, hey, how are you? And the response is always, I'm good. How are you? It's like it's a greeting that we basically came up with and assigned ourselves. Like, you know, it's a standard question, a standard answer in society. And when you get down to it, do we really mean that when we say we're good? Do we mean it? And probably the answer most of the time, if we're being honest, is no. That's my focus lately. has just been taking the time to meet people where they're at and getting to know them beyond just the surface level. I'm really used to and what I've done in the past is letting myself stay distant from people because it's draining to take time to get to know people and even worse when they're not okay how do you deal with the emotions that come along with that when you hear someone breaking down or opening up with things that maybe you weren't ready to hear or weren't expecting it can be scary It used to scare me, and to an extent it still does, but I'm realizing that when you are getting down to the bottom of it, a lot of times people just need an ear to listen, and they just want to hear that it's going to be okay and to be validated. So I'm going to tell a kind of silly story as an example, but I'm hoping it will paint a clearer picture of what I'm talking about. Back when I was in my first year of college, my family decided to adopt a dog from the shelter. And if you follow me on Instagram or if you're friends with me on Facebook, you probably know and have seen this dog everywhere. Her name is Lucy. And Lucy's probably the most spoiled and stubborn dog that I've ever known. She's actually really smart, and sometimes that placed her disadvantage because she has a much greater awareness of the injustices that she has to go through every day than normal dogs. Like, for example, why she can't have human food, and why I get to eat when she doesn't get to eat, and why can't she open the door. I could go on and on. Um, Anyways, so we got her back in 2012, and now she's pushing eight years. Eight years of history of being the baby and the center of attention. When I got married and moved out, she stayed at my parents until my sister got married a few months later. And then she lived with Courtney next door because we both rented out different sides of my parents' duplex. It was super fun. But Courtney wanted to get a puppy, and so a month after Lucy had moved into this brand new home, she got a tiny little playmate named Harper. Just a little side note on Harper. You know how I said Lucy's really smart and has a lot of awareness? Harper is not that dog. Harper is the happy-go-lucky, no idea what's going on, but she's just there to party and smile. She's the kind of dog that will chase butterflies, and the butterflies will probably land on her because she just has this little charm that makes her just almost um, like this whimsical, happy also not very intelligent dog. We love her a ton, but she's just not very smart. Anyways, Harper was Lucy's first major jealous competition. And after a while, we realized, because they were they were just home by themselves during the day and it was just going terribly, there just always were issues, we just realized it would be better for both dogs if Lucy just moved over to my house, which went really well for a while but then we had a baby. Now, if Harper was a problem, it was absolutely nothing compared with the jealousy Lucy experienced being home with a new baby. She went from being the center of attention and having all of the privileges in the whole world um, to basically being this annoying noise maker is what I would say because when you have a new baby, you don't want a bunch of random noise like a dog's tail wagging against the wall that's kind of annoying. Um so we were constantly getting on to her. She may be a smart dog, but she's not a quiet dog. Avery is almost 6 months old now, but around 5 months in and after just constantly getting on to Lucy, I realized that I would never be able to salvage any sort of relationship between Lucy and Avery if I was constantly getting onto Lucy. It just made her feel frustrated and isolated and like we didn't want her anymore. She would stay cooped up in her own little area and whenever Avery would be in the room or come onto our bed, she would just immediately leave. You know those commercials where the dogs are in all those cages and there's like a Sarah McLaughlin song in the background? That was the way that Lucy was acting. You would think that she was the poster child for suffering animals. And to her defense, we were not super nice to her, so I do kind of feel bad. After all of this frustration on both ends, I decided to try something new. I started being intentional with the way I spoke to Lucy. Instead of getting mad at her and telling her to go away, which was the easiest thing to do because she was kind of inconvenient, I would encourage her to come and sit close. When the baby would go down for bed, I would spend time petting her, playing with her, definitely downstairs and out of earshot of the baby, and telling her she was a good dog. We began playing outside with her when Avery was watching, and when it was nice outside, I tried my absolute best to make sure that all four of us got out of the house and went for a walk. And you know what happened? Lucy is finally starting to see her worth again, and she's much more likely to interact with the entire family, not just with us, but even with Avery. And Avery's getting really excited when she's around, and when she's playing catch, uh, Avery is always laughing and thinks it's the best thing in the world. Even though there's still a little jealousy, she's at least engaging with us and her tail is wagging a little bit more often. It's not as big of a challenge as it was before, which she was a major challenge. I mean, if she was younger, I seriously would have contemplated giving her up because we just didn't know what to do. Avery and Lucy may not be best buddies just yet, but I can definitely say that after making this change, we've made progress from where we were. My point in all of this and this goofy story is that whether we realize it or not, we can all be a little bit like Lucy. We can start to hear the negative thoughts and comments around us and get into this hardened, isolated shell that pushes us away from other people. But just as much as that can happen, We need to realize how much the words we say impact the people around us. Just like with encouraging Lucy, a pat on the back or an encouraging word can change our entire outlook of our day. Just like someone flipping you off when you're driving in your car can make you start your day with a bad attitude. So, what can you do to be a positive force in your sphere of influence? Here are just a few practical things that have helped me as I've explored this topic. The first one is take time for the people around you. Start by being more present. Engage people in conversation and ask them about themselves. After all, everyone's favorite topic is, you guessed it, them. The next thing is go out of your way to encourage. If you notice a good quality in someone or you notice the effort they've put into something, What does it hurt you to communicate that to them? It may be a minor detour in your day, but you never know how much someone may need to hear it. And the third thing, be an ear. Spend more time listening. I feel like even saying this right now, I can almost hear my husband quietly laughing because he knows I could use some work on this one, which I'm really trying But really, what does it look like spending more time focusing on listening to other people? In doing this, all that's happening is you're turning yourself from a me focused perspective to an other focused perspective. Our job as Christians is to be a light in the world, and a lot of that is just bringing Jesus to broken places. There's brokenness all around us, there's brokenness in your family, in your workplace in your friends, and even, or maybe even especially, in your church. A series of small things can equal a great amount over time. One kind act and one act of compassion can allow God to move in such big ways. My desire is to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and a great way to start is just love people. And the first step is actually to notice them. I hope that this week you'll be challenged to focus more on the people around you and to be a voice of compassion and encouragement in places where people need kindness. I'll be doing the same thing. Wow, this was kind of a long one. If you made it this far, thank you so much. Well, that's all I've got for today. Thanks again for joining me. If you liked what you heard, go in and rate my podcast and subscribe so you can get brand new episodes directly to your smartphone.